CapsCorner.com. Sure I'm source for Virginia Sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place for Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, September the 9th. And lo, though we may have doubted it, the preseason prediction podcast is finally upon us. Much rejoicing was had. Um, <laughs> we joke about how this is like our the biggest show of the year or whatever. I'm not sure why we started saying that, but that is a thing that we've, we have said for, for a while. Um, we are going to walk through Virginia's, at least, um, I guess we should call it... Um, scheduled 2020 uh, football season uh we will work on the assumption that all games are played if that comes to pass um we will be very <laughs> we'll be very thankful regardless of how the um, the games actually shake out uh, i do not have in front of me what we predicted in 2019 probably for um it, it probably would actually make dave and i look pretty smart because typically we're we are the ones who who think virginia is going to do a whole lot uh, in, and um, that has not always been the case, but certainly was the case last year, at least in part. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Um, speaking of Dave, up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, dude? It was good. I had a bye week last week, getting getting some practice for this weekend. Um, preseason predictions, that's that's where I shine, year in and year out. Who days on the board, at who days on Twitter. <laughs> Is that where you shine? <laughs> yeah, it's where I shine. Uh, and up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber, we're also on the program. What's going on, my dude? Uh, you know, just looking to defend my 9-3 and three prediction from last year. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I should have known you would know. Yeah, well, we'll see. So, so wait, uh, you said 9-3. and three. What did Dave and I have since you looked it up? One of you guys had 11-1. and one. That was Dave. It was definitely yeah. Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and I at one point during the season, I was There's no way I, I had 11-1. and one. There's, no way. There's absolutely a way, and it's called yeah. you. No. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe ten and two. Yeah, ten and two sounds right. Ten okay. and two. Yeah. I might. I might have had. I think I had nine and three. I feel like there was an eleven and one. Look, well, listen, that was probably two years. Don't ago. make. Don't make me go back because I'm not. Don't make me go back yeah. and look. Uh, anyway, finish up, Ferber. So that I would be funny head. if I was completely wrong and I had them going like four and eight last year and just completely mixed it up um at justin underscore on twitter and Cavs corner also on twitter Cavs underscore corner great place for the end game updates in game updates might actually be back i don't want to i don't jinx it knock on wood but they actually might be back soon I, I can't even tell you how excited i am um i'll get to this other thing in a second um in game updates content items and occasional witty banter um there is at least a chance that i could be in attendance at this football game um i have not heard Yes or no, yet, but it sounds like there will be some media presence in Lane Stadium. Um, I am more than happy to wear a mask for four hours or whatever it's going to be um, so as to cover this game in person um, in what will easily be the weirdest tech game I've ever covered. Um, I mean, there's definitely been a few that were, you know, maybe it was it was warmer than it normally would be, but there's never been one like this where both teams are opening up and empty lane stadium and um, everything else. But before we get to Dave, you picking UVA to win that game. Um, <laughs> let's actually start with some basketball. Um, so this report comes out today. And then obviously throughout the day, various schools and coaches, including UVA's Tony Bennett made comments, released statements, essentially affirming their solidarity and unity in putting forth this plan that essentially would make it so that every division one team, all 1 billion of them, would 
be eligible or essentially be in the NCAA tournament. Um, I posted Tony's statement on the website. Reading it, it didn't necessarily help move me from my position that this was a not. Uh, I mean, this is. I mean, I think it's clearly not going to happen for a variety of reasons. But I thought we should at least talk about it, considering it's like podcast gold, right? It's like the, and and it's like the podcast gods said, "Here, have a topic." When we on a day we didn't need one. Um, Dave, what was your initial reaction? And now having f- several hours and, and such since this morning to for it to um, for marinate, what's uh, what say you now? My initial reaction was, "What in the he double hockey sticks <laughs> am I looking at?" Um, like, and why do you need to be making this announcement now? First of all, you know, we're in September. Let, let, let's give it, let's look, give it a little time to breathe. Um, and then, you know, as the day went on, it, my, my reaction kind of changed to what in the hell are y'all thinking? Like, it, it makes no sense. I, I don't understand it. The statements didn't move me at all. Like, I, the whole thing makes zero sense. Like, I don't understand how. I don't really understand the reasoning for you know, why they felt they needed to obviously get all the coaches together and have what is a pretty substantive discussion about basketball on September, what's today, 8th or 9th. Um, like, I, I don't know what spurred it. Uh, I don't understand why you need to put out such a confusing statement. Um, and yet to me, you know, to me, and yet another example of why, like there needs to be some kind of leadership so that the conferences are on the same page. Like it just looks I mean, I don't want to call it absurd because maybe they have good reasons, but at this point to me, it, it seems absurd. Um, basically, it's, you know, let, let's sacrifice you know, the legitimacy of an entire season for the sake of a, for the tournament, um, you know, one and done. I just don't quite get it. Um, and man, I don't know that what they can say anything that's going to change my mind drastically unless there's something going on we don't know about. Before Ferber sounds off on this. I at least want to read uh, Tony's statement here. He says, obviously many details still need to be worked out and considered regarding an all-inclusive NCAA tournament, but the ACC head coaches are united and strongly pursuing this. And I'm going to pause reading the statement there to say, I love how in the beginning of the statement, he essentially says, well, we, we got to figure out some of these details as if the thing is going to like, not just that it's going to happen, but like, of course that, uh, you know, this is what you would say. Like if you were saying like, well, yeah, of course we're coming home for Christmas. We just need to figure out, you know, when we're going to leave and when we're like, this is not like a foregone conclusion. And it's, it's almost like they're not, they're not throwing out the most random college basketball idea I've literally ever heard. And this is not, I'm not throwing shade here. I'm just being honest. Like in the pantheon of ideas I've heard for what you should do with an NCAA tournament, I've literally never heard anybody say, put every single team in there except when people were making a joke about how, when they were expanding the field, well, why don't you just put every team in there? Because everybody made that joke. Because it was crazy. But I love the fact that, like, th- th- these coaches are so united. Today's point, like, I'm not sure why they were talking on a random, you know, Wednesday morning in September. But clearly there's something behind where, you know, where they think this thing is going. I, I don't know if Tony's statement really sheds much light on it. He says, we feel it's a way to incentivize the regular season without mandating a total number of games. It provides options, excitement, and the necessary flexibility for every D1 program to participate in the 2021 NCAA tournament. It has the potential to be one of the best feel-good stories in college sports. Ultimately, the safety of the student athlete is paramount. As is as we navigate, sorry, as we navigate through these unprecedented times, and this is a way that for that to be best accomplished. Okay, now listen. 
we feel it's a way to incentivize the regular season. Am I the only one who thinks it like that's like the it's like the opposite of that? Like what incentive do you have for the regular season if everybody makes the tournament? Like why would you like play any of your starters? You know what I mean? Like you're already going to be dealing with some, you know, weird shell of a season anyway. I guess I don't. I I, I went back and forth because the the part of his statement he talks about the ex- excitement and the feel good. I do I do agree with that. It would be incredibly entertaining, unless you run a website that covers college sports. Um, I mean, I, I it would be for folks who are just watching from home who didn't have a whole lot of rooting interest. I mean, I can imagine this would be amazing, right? You're going to watch so much basketball, but also too like there's a lot of teams. Like we're not talking about like a hundred. We're talking, like, what is it, 319, 320? What's the number? I don't, I don't have the number on the top of my head. It's like 360 or something. Okay, so it's even yeah, more. So, I mean, like, that's a lot of teams. So, I mean, I, I almost feel like it drowns out the event. Like, because by the time it gets to a place where it's manageable, dude, they're going to be playing for a month. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this is not, I don't know. I just, I, I agree that there would be a lot of chaos and excitement and certainly would be entertaining. I don't understand how it incentivizes the regular season. Uh, if anything, to me, it makes the regular season less important because instead of just, you know, if you're a team and you want to go win your conference, you're a couple games back. Well, now you're thinking like, well, we're going to play in the tournament and this was, that's what matters anyway, right? Like the whole idea with college basketball is that, is that the, you needed to play well in the regular season to, to, to get a good spot in the tournament or to make it, um, you know, to be a one seed, have your pick, whatever. Now, if you, if you take that piece off the table and team, there is no bubble to be worrying about. There is no you know, real competition to get in. Everybody gets in. Well, even if you think you're, you know, you're going to drop a hundred seed lines, what does it matter? What do you think, Ferber? What was your reaction then and now uh, to this interesting bit of news? Um, a few things. One, I don't really buy the, I understand the, the regular season would not be as important, but I don't think it would be completely unimportant because if there are still seeds, then you still want to get a higher seed. I mean, you can't just punt the season and, and take a 17 seed when you could be a one because you get a tougher draw um, in this make-believe world that the ACC has come up with. Another thing is I don't really, see, I understand where the coaches are coming from with like, because because they're it's true they're right there there is going to be some di- discrepancies between like how one league handles their schedule and another league handles theirs. There's going to be canceled games. You might have an apples and oranges sort of comparison on Selection Sunday between an ACC team and say a Big East team uh, when it comes to like you know what they did with their season and and maybe even like where the games were played. Were they in a bubble? Were they on campus? Because that'll affect your strength of schedule and all kinds of other stuff. So I think that there is some merit to the, hey, this is a weird one-off season. We know that going in. Why don't we do something weird? I I kind of appreciate that element of it, I guess. Um, But here's the thing for me. My biggest um, issue with it, I guess, is is that, you know, like one of the reasons that teams like you – I'll just use UMBC – one of the reasons that they those types of teams like to make the NCAA tournament is because it's special. It's different. They get to – they get to put their brand on a national stage that it really isn't on normally. And they get to play somebody like Duke or UVA or whoever, who's like a one seed or a two seed or a three seed. If you put everybody in, then, then it becomes less special for the reason that like, like you can say, okay, Campbell university, you're in the NCAA tournament. You made it. Congratulations. But you're in the first round qualifier and your team that you're going to be playing is Cleveland state. Right. 
and it's like they go play Cleveland State, they could call that the NCAA tournament, but like, does anybody really feel like that's a, a real tournament game? Especially if they have to win like four more games just to get to the round of 64. Like, and, and what's going to happen, and, and everybody that's worried about it from the top, like, oh, this could mess up the tournament, it won't. I mean, not really. Like, uh, I can tell you, like, in soccer, for example, they have the FA Cup. It's like 600 teams in it, and the final 16, 8, 4 teams are Premier League teams. <laughs> like, they just whittle their way through. I mean, eventually, yeah, there's an upset here and there that a, a team makes it kind of far sometimes, but that's one team, and that happens even in the NCAA tournament. I mean... Florida Gulf Coast was a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. I mean, we've had double-digit seeds make the Final Four now. So uh, mid-major teams like Loyola who just pop up and make the Final Four. So, I mean, I, I don't think it would, like, ruin the regular tournament necessarily. I think it would just I, – I don't know how much that value those first few rounds bring unless – uh, like Dave said, I, I just don't know if we're working with all the information that the ACC coaches have because they're clearly in agreement on this. Um, I just, I'm not exactly, I would love to have heard those conversations that led to this vote, um, and, and why they want to do it. Because like Dave said, I think they might just have more information about what's coming or what they think the season will look like than, than we do just hearing about this today. <sighs> Fascinating. If not somewhat. Yeah. The, yeah. As I say, the last, the last thing I found interesting about it is we know from like the big 10 impact 12 stuff going on now the coaches don't get to decide this stuff. So I don't really understand the point of it. <laughs> and the, the NCAA decide. gets the rule on this anyway. It's yeah, not, there actually yeah. is a governing body for basketball. And, yeah. and I think it's weird to come from the ACC because, you know, the ACC doesn't maybe gain – maybe the, maybe you could look at it more of like a in a cynical way and say the ACC could really gain from this because they could have teams that could really go far that wouldn't make the tournament because they're saying yeah. like our teams that don't make it the NC States or whoever is on the bubble will make a run. Whereas like a league, like the CAA isn't going to have teams do that, but we can say, Hey, everybody gets in. So maybe the ACC kind of like cynically benefits from it. I think it's more like, um, we know the playing field isn't really going to be even, we're not really worried about those teams at the bottom of the NCAA anyway. Like we're not worried about competing against them for the tournament. So, you know, it's like, why don't we just propose this now, get out ahead of it, maybe get some people thinking and go from there rather than be on the back end and be like, okay, you know, our league is only going to play league games and other leagues are going to play more games. And then it changes how resumes are viewed and all that stuff. But again, I would just like to know like what they were thinking in the room or, and right. it, it might just, it might, there might be something completely other than this going on. Like they're just trying to get the idea out there. Um, a lot of people have cynically said this is how they'll eventually like expand again. You know, like they could look at this and be like, "Oh yeah, let's do that once and see what happens," and then they could expand it to like ninety-six teams or something like that. Um, for UVA, I don't really think it matters one way or the other. Um, what if, if they they could put everybody in the tournament or, or sixty-four teams? I don't think it matters too much because I, I assume that they'll be one of the higher seeded teams. The um... The piece for me, and listen, I, I, I admit that I have not read every statement that's come out. Um, so I don't know if there's a, um, you know, a social, you know, sort of justice element to this. Right. So the idea that, you know, um, part of this is to bring in teams that historically wouldn't share in that. And maybe by, you know, whether it's the resources that teams get from making the tournament or conferences get from making the tournament um, or just exposure or what. Maybe that's an, a part of it. Um, one to 
to echo like the point about like yeah the coaches don't get to decide this um in basketball there is a governing body and frankly of all the years to do something crazy not just a year after you have had to cancel your event for the first time god i don't know went forever whatever um but then also too given the 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 realities of the situation right now I, i just don't think this is the year right now, if they wanted to expand it, maybe they come back, you know, in a year or so, and they say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna expand it. We're gonna basically make the play-in situation a little bit more, um, a little bit heavier, a little bit more uh, populated, whatever. But realistically, I, I this thing is not gonna get off the ground. Um, but it's 2020, man. So who who the heck knows? Let's get into football because this is you know a a very um, a very fun show for us to do every year. Um, and especially for this little piece of paper that I will <laughs> write down scores on and then not be able to read in a few weeks. Um, so to catch everybody up on how this works, we're, we're basically we're going to go through Virginia's schedule. We're going to break down each result as we see it. We're going to pick a number for each game. Um, now, we did a thing last year, right? It was last year was the first time we did this, where we, we gave like a percentage chance that we thought UVA would win, right? Am I correct on this, fellas? That was, that was the percentage Right. That was yeah. I actually completely forgot that we did that until just now. Ah, yeah, so there you go. See, this is why I'm on top of. But it. I could do it on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Course. That's what. So what we're gonna do is, uh, and I think we also w- w- did we do it in preseason or we just do it during the season where we said what the headline was gonna be the next day. Let's save that for in the season, and we will just do yeah. numbers and we'll we'll give us you know we'll give a percentage of, you know, what we think Virginia's chances are to win. We're gonna we're gonna flip this whole thing <laughs> and start with the one we would have talked about last last year. Um, Virginia, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, 3.30 or 7.30 p.m. ABC will televise uh, the renewal of the Commonwealth Cup. First time these teams have opened the season or played this early, I guess, since 1970. Um, Ferber, let's go. Let's start with you. This is a this is obviously the weirdest tech game we've ever had to pick on the show. Um, that it comes right out of the gate and such and such and such when we don't have anything to go on. I don't want just your number on this one. I kind of want to get a sense of how you feel about these two teams as they enter the season. It certainly feels like to me that given our text thread and things we've talked about as a group, that there's a lot there. Um, so I'm just curious what you think of the Hokies before you actually give us the results of what you think happens uh, in Lane Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I think that they have the pieces there to be pretty strong this year. I, I, they bring a lot back from a team that was pretty good in the back half of the season. Um, you, you kind of forget like how they weren't really, really bad at the beginning of the season, but they lose their opener. Then they got drilled by Duke and then it, they kind of turn that corner. And I think, you know, right, coming into Charlottesville, they were pretty much red hot and, and they lost that game and lost their bowl game, but they bring back a lot. Um, they have some pretty dynamic players on offense. They have some experienced guys on defense. Obviously, they lose Bud Foster. Um, and then, you know, there's just more uncertainty around that program in terms of culture and things like that. Um, they didn't have the mass exodus this year that they had the year before, obviously. But, you know, Justin Puente almost took another job, apparently. Um there's some questions about where he fits there long term and then financially, you know, whether they can even afford to get rid of him if he's not good this year. Um, and then obviously with this actual game, you know, UVA breaking the streak and then playing in front of nobody down there in Blacksburg, it's just a lot of wrinkles. And, you know, it's a it's a tough game to pick 
it's funny because a lot of times UVA fans in the past have said they wish that this game would be played earlier in the season because they feel like playing last kind of maybe they'd be better off if it was just a regular game in the middle of the season. Um, I don't think any of them would have preferred opening the season with it, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that that definitely is a different dimension. Both teams haven't played um, and it's tough to say. I mean, I you watched that BYU Navy game the other day. I don't think anybody expected BYU to just come out and throttle Navy like they did. Um, and, and it kind of makes you, it gives you pause about the whole season. This game, starting with this game, like you know, would it be that shocking to see UVA come out and beat them again? No. But also, I mean, would it be surprising if if Tech comes out and has a, a you know more guys back on offense and, and playing at home and. And, and they're a little bit more together than UVA is with, with a lot more new guys. Um, that wouldn't be surprising either. So, and, and then there's the COVID element. Like, who knows where we're going to be by the time next Saturday comes around. So I think it's a tough game to pick. I think Tech's in a pretty good position roster-wise, but um, but there's a lot of other stuff going on there. And um, it, it, it didn't end up being a big problem for them last year, especially in the back half of the season once they switched quarterbacks. But... You know, those things are always kind of lingering under the surface. And in a year where things could go sideways quickly with COVID and everything else, like it's hard to predict exactly what kind of season they're going to have. All right. Give me your pick. All right. I have tech winning 24 17. Um, I, I had thought about this for a long time, and I think I just have more questions about UVA than tech at this point on offense. And I think that in week one, it's, it's a pretty tough ask to go on the road and, and, and win this game. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And you want the percentage as yeah, well? Give me, yeah. Percentage chance UVA wins it. 49%. 49%. Okay. Yep. Uh, Dave, I'm going to go next. Cause we all know what you're going to say. Um, so, uh, how do I, how do I get into this? All right. Um, so, I, I I admit that sometimes I I am an emotional fella. Um, <laughs> I get uh, uh, I get a little bit heated here and there. Whatever. Um, I was completely set on picking Tech to win this game. UVA's got to replace Bryce Perkins. We're not sure about the offensive line. You know, Dontavian Wicks is gone for the season. Um, UVA's got a few opt outs. One of them being Falmui. Um, don't know what's going on with the running game. There were a lot more question marks to Ferber's point. And then I saw a point. I, I guess it wasn't a point. It was a. I don't know if it was a quote, but it was a, a piece of information rather that um, Ken Nuala Matolo and I don't know if I just butchered his name, but whatever uh, from Navy said that they didn't do any contact at all, and so they're healthy, but they're really bad at football. Um, and after he said that, I it was not like it was it was like moments later. I read essentially that Tech is not just planning to play um, two quarterbacks, but that have been basically they haven't really had the whole sort of team together, and they've been essentially working with like two groups. And instantly, I was like, "Dude, they're about to get thumped." Now, listen, you, dear listener who clearly listens to this UVA podcast because you like UVA and therefore you hate tech. I, I'm i not saying go put a whole bunch of money on this. Um, to Ferber's point, like, who the heck knows what's about to happen in the season, right? But if I'm looking at the data, right, um, I, I do think tech has a lot of pieces back. I think Virginia's defense has a lot of pieces back. 
Um, I would feel so much better about UVA's offense, no, no lie, if Ronnie Walker was eligible. If Ronnie Walker was eligible, I would feel dramatically different. And typically when you have something that small that can change something that big, that's a sign, right? So I'm not saying Virginia, certainly out of the gate, um, is going to be, you know, could be, if this was Clemson, for example, I would feel very differently. But I, I don't know, man. I, you, you're changing coordinators. And I saw something else today about how, you know, uh, Hayden Hooker was saying that, Justin, uh, that Hamilton had um, changed some things up. And I'm like, oh, so now they're going to do something different than literally the reason he got the job, which was that he was a bud guy. Um, I don't think you can replace a legend and then come out um, of the gate and expect to be what you've always been. They're talented. They don't have their best defensive player. They probably don't have their best player overall. Um, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I flipped. I flipped, <laughs> I flipped hard on this thing. Uh, I'm going to take Virginia to win it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 31-17 UVA. With a 60% chance to win. Um, I, I just, I'm of the mindset that um, if they have not been actually practicing with, you know, together, that the emotion of this game, even devoid of the crowd and the energy of the stadium, is going to be too tough for them to sort of overcome, even if they do have a lot of experience pieces back. So that's where I am. All right, Dave, tell us, tell us how Virginia's going to win. <laughs> I mean, y- y'all touched on most of it. Um, I mean, Tech does have a lot coming back. Uh, you know, their defense, yeah, they've got lots of good players coming back on defense, but as you guys mentioned, you're, you're changing your defensive coordinator who was, you know, since Beamer left at least, you know, kind of the the glue that held the old, you know, the the fan, the, the Beamer fan base together during the Fuente struggles. You know, struggles that Virginia fans would largely take, but Tech fans are growing frustrated with. Um and then offensively, they've got pieces, but now they're talking about playing around with the quarterback. Um, you know, Hooker, who won, what, six straight games before, because he missed the Notre Dame game they lost in that. Um, he was out for that game. He won six straight heading into the Virginia game because they were uh, two and two, went to eight, and ended up winning eight. So, you know, he had him, he had him ro- rolling, and now they're talking about playing at Burmeister. Um, Virginia fans should know pretty well what, you know, how, the, how that goes typically. Um, look, I think if it was a normal year, <laughs> we wouldn't be playing this game early, but let's say everything else was normal and, and this game was scheduled first. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of, even now, like I, I'm kind of wishy-washy on w- which way I think it'll break. But without a home crowd, I think that's a disadvantage to Tech who, you know, in, in a game that could be close otherwise. So, to me, like the difference is culture and who, whose culture do I trust the most to be prepared for this game? And when Fuente today, like, like you said, Brad, like you mentioned, like they haven't really had their whole squad together um, <clears throat> recently. But I, you know, I don't want to forget the fact that, you know, Bronco said they really hadn't got into regular practice, you know, when he last talked to the media um, or a couple weeks ago, at least uh, just because they were waiting to see if they were going to play before they got into it. So there is that thing going on, but, to me, like I, I trust, I trust the culture Broncos built enough to kind of give me a little more confidence to pick Virginia to win this one. Um, I'm a little worried about how the offense is going. You know, can the offense produce enough big plays? To, um, you know, to be explosive enough to to generate points on a regular basis. But I think in this game, you know, I, I just 
Uh, well, first of all, I can't pick tech. We all know that. We never have. But, um, but I mean, I just I feel good about this one for some reason. I, like I'm a big arm. I, I like Armstrong a lot. Um, I'm worried about the running game. I do. I do have faith in the offensive line. And I think our receivers are probably a little underrated um, when you add the tight ends in. So I've got Virginia winning this one, 23 to 21. I put my win percentage right around 55 percent. Um, it's going to be a nail biter, um, just like the last two have been. Except no one will be there to complain about it. <laughs> yeah. And we also, I mean, we mentioned the defense is bringing a lot of guys back. They aren't bringing back their best player who opted out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he also, for the record, I mean, he didn't play in the UVA game last year. So, I mean, if Tech's defense looks like they did in the second half of that game, then UVA made a really good shot. <laughs> yeah. Or the first, like, two series of that game. Can I just. But yeah, that was my big thing with picking Tech, honestly, had a lot to do with I don't necessarily think UVA's offense is going to be bad. I think there's just going to be a learning curve. Um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, they're replacing a legend, which is always tough. And, you know, when you're when you don't have spring ball and you've got, you know, you've got a, a, you, know, you you have talent at receiver, but you don't have other than Jana guys who have, you know, really consistently been out there, you know, for, you know, big stretches of seasons. Right. And you have a new quarterback. I, that's that's tough. My my flip side of that is like um, today's point about culture. Like we got to be mindful, that, like this dude almost took another job. And it was super weird. And then there's been the whole COVID thing, which has been super weird. Meanwhile, like, you know, if, if, if Tech wins this game, I'm not going to be, like, shocked or surprised. But it, it would surprise me if UVA doesn't look respectable, right? Like, I, I understand that for a lot of teams going into the, this, this, this season, going into opening weeks, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Bronco likes to say that you never really know what you've got until your team is on the field. Uh, and that's especially true this year because so many people didn't have spring ball. Folks were gone through most of summer. Um, they've only been together for a while, and they've been, you know, somewhat um, trepidatious. Um, and we're talking about UVA potentially leaning on. I mean, their starting tight end, maybe one of their top two receivers, of uh, one of their top two running. They're all not even not just new to the to the school. I mean, they just got there. Like you know, it's it's a lot to to process in a short amount of time. Here's here's my other thing. Real quick before we move on to, to Clemson, uh, in what I'm sure will be a quick discussion. Um, but dude, I, that that Robert Knight press conference, he sounded like I I've, I don't know if I've ever I've ever heard Robert Knight that confident. Like he was excited. Like he was like he, he was, was so excited he forgot to take the shield off. Yeah, I know. I I can't I can't I can't believe that somebody didn't mention to him to take the shield off. All right, so uh, Virginia then would have its second bye week of the season technically since this first week will be a bye week as well um we were talking before we started recording this has got to be the first time virginia's ever had um at least two scheduled um bye weeks in the first three weeks of the season um don't at me so clemson is is the next game on the slate virginia goes to death valley october the third um i'll go first i listen i i when we start getting into the actual football of this, and if and if you know, again, we're going to assume that each each of these games gets played, and that all of the teams that play have played. You know, we can't. We you know, I can't say like, oh, you know, Clemson is supposed to open against you know Wake and da da da. Like I, you know, then they didn't play. Like it, that's impossible. Um, I still expect Clemson to be a national championship contender if such a thing exists this season. Um, so I would expect Clemson to win the game. I do think it will, it won't be as bad as the ACC championship game was in part because I bet you, um, you know, I bet you that, that Virginia's defense has a little bit, a little bit more, um, consistency in them. Um, 
But man, that Clemson roster is stacked, dude. Um, and we can't know, you know, you can't know like who's going to be available and such. But on the whole, that group is going to be really good. So I'm going to pick Clemson to win it. Uh, I'm going to take the Tigers 35 to 20 um, with a um, 20% chance for UVA to win it. Um, Ferber, let's go back to you. What's your what's your thoughts on UVA at Clemson on October the third? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they'll have that bye week, but Clemson does too, actually. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I can't really see it being super competitive. Uh, maybe UVA comes out and plays a little bit better than they did in that ACC championship game. I would, I would think that they would. Um, I, I still just don't really see, I, they might be able to hang for a while, but I think they'll run into similar problems to what we saw, um, in that game. Uh, Clemson obviously will have some new faces on offense at receiver and so on and so forth and, so, and on defense. But I mean, they're not that far away from where they were last year and UVA is not going to be that much better than they were last year in that game. I don't think so. I have Clemson winning 45, 17, 45 to 17 and your chances for UVA. Uh, 1%. Wow. I mean, I at least left 20% in case, you know, Trevor Lawrence, like, springs of COVID. I mean, who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that stuff's possible. I'm just going by X's and O's, I guess. Uh, Dave, I mean, this year we should just put a question mark there on that's all true. That's true. Uh, Dave, what's uh, what, what say you? Yeah, uh, I mean, first off, this will be a quick thing, but um, I'm just making picks assuming everyone on the roster is at the game because otherwise right. this will take six hours. Um, so anyway, um, this Clemson and they team, get like, played when they're on the schedule and all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we reserve the weekly right to change those, uh, <laughs> this Clemson team to me, like has a chance to be one of the best they've had. Um, you know, when, when you get Lawrence back and ETN back and, you know, just their depth everywhere, as we saw in person in Charlotte that night, um, they're going to be really good. Plus they're going to have what, 20,000 fans there or something. Um, so they'll actually have a little bit of Is that the biggest a, crowd UVA is going to play in front of all season? I don't know if it'll be the biggest because I think uh, the teams might change. Having more. Um, but it'll be the loudest they've played in. And, you know, after coming off that weird bye week, um, Clemson's really good. And there's no offense. Like, I think Clemson has a bye the week of, week yeah, before, do. too. Yeah, they do. So they might actually watch some film on this that week. Um, yeah, like, look. It, it would take a miracle. I'll give Virginia like a 7.9% chance of winning. 7. I think that's the COVID positivity rate right now. Um, <laughs> um, so I'll go <laughs> 41 to 17 Clemson, um, which sounds like a blowout, but like to me that that's, that's doing all right. Hey man, anything better than last year for the record. Can we just talk about real quick though? Um, I listen, I have, I've been to many games in my life. Uh, I've never been more like sure of a result of a game than I was walking on the field pre pregame. <laughs> I mean, like those dudes look like well, pros, were, man. Like we, we came down from the press box elevator into the tunnel and I looked, there was, I first some defensive lineman came out of the Clemson locker room, no pads or anything on. And I just looked at Brad and was like, this thing is a wrap. Yeah. We were, we, <laughs> Ferber and I were just walking around going, dude, like, and then Joe Reed's walking around with no pads on. And we were like, Oh, this is definitely a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like UVA has a handful of dudes who look like they're pros, right? Like Clemson's like whole everything. And I mean, they had, I mean, it was just one of those, like, it was just, I, I know I've said this before. It's just one of those like moments where you're like, all right, so that's how it's different. 
You know, the number of people, the number, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, it was just so readily apparent. All right. The next week, Virginia now in game two of its 10 game slog through the rest of the season, 10 week and two game in a row slog through the rest of the season. Um, October the 10th, NC State scheduled to come to Charlottesville. Virginia's first home game of the season comes in almost middle October. Um, <laughs> what a weird year. Yeah, I know. So strange. Um, NC State, to me, again, I'm, I'm going to lead off here because um, I don't, I mean, you know, we could get into the brass tacks, but like, I don't look at that roster and expect UVA not to win this game. Um, regardless of what, what number put Clemson puts on them. Uh, I think Virginia comes in and handles business here pretty, pretty solidly. Give me UVA um, thirty-one uh, to twenty. I, I like, I like UVA's depth in comparison. I like sort of their um, overall situation. I would like to, this is this is that this is NC State's one of those teams on the schedule that I would really like to have seen a game of, um, but that's you know not the nature of this beast. So thirty-one twenty UVA. Uh, give me a 75% chance of winning for UVA. Dave, let's go to you next. What what do you think of the Wolfpack? Um, and how do you feel this one goes down? Uh, it's Terrence's like per second least favorite team. Yeah, he really does. always he cracks hates, me up. He really he has like that. that. I'm trying to think of the character, the sitcom character, but it just had like a, uh, un, uh, you know, just a very unusual hate of a team that you shouldn't like um, Peter Griffin fighting yes, chicken or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's Terrence and NC State. Um, I, I don't know what to make of their roster either. They were not good last year, but obviously they had a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, I do think the one thing going against Virginia in this situation is they will have made their you know longest road trip of the year at that point. Um, have to come back to school. You figure based on. On that travel they're probably not practicing for a couple of days to you know to get some testing done um so they're gonna be working on the short week which is probably why you hear the i think it was nick Howell saying they've never done this much you know preseason game planning before um it's probably for situations like this um but i i think you know after seeing clemson you know coming off that you know very real potential virginia's zero and two here we're into october and they haven't won a football game yet um I mean, it's a pivotal game, regardless of the Virginia Tech game. Um, certainly bigger if they lose that one. But I like their chances here. I've got them winning pretty comfortably. Um, I think it's time for the defense to show out. I've got them winning 31-7. to um, I'll give them like a 65% chance of winning that game. Wait, say the number again. I wasn't paying attention. The score or the percentage? Both. Yeah, both. 31-7, uh, to 7, Virginia 65%. All right, so we're not too far off. All right, Ferber, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar to you guys. I think coming into this game, if the if the season has gone the way that I've predicted, then I think people will be kind of writing UVA off or not so high on them. But I think they come back and bounce back with this one. NC State. I mean, we're not going to talk a lot about their roster or anything. They're kind of in like a weird transition. They still have some talent, and I, I don't think Dorn's a bad coach. I don't think they'll be like completely you know not competitive or anything. But I just don't. They're one of the weaker teams on the schedule. I'd say. I have UVA breaking out and winning 37 to 14. Um, 70% chance to win, I would say. I, I like this to be like the Armstrong game where it's like, oh, oh like, you know, yeah. he's, he, he can, he's playing a little bit. See, this is one of those times where Ferber makes a point and says the thing, and I'm like, damn, that, that sounds really smart. Why didn't I say that? Um, yeah, that does. Yeah, it kind of does feel like that. All right. So, October the 17th, Virginia now back on the road, part of a, um, 
what's what's going to be a key two game road trip. I don't know if you call it a road trip anymore, but anyway, they head to Winston Salem to take on Wake Forest. Uh, listen, I, I got a lot of respect for Dave Clawson. I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to be like now that they have to change quarterbacks. Um, I think that they're excellently run. Like I feel like that program, like they do a much better job recruiting than they probably should. Be quite honest. Um, you know, I think they've got a fair amount of talent, and certainly, you know, Clawson has shown himself to be somebody who can coach them up a little bit. Um, I feel like this is a tough game to pick. Uh, if of all the games on the schedule, um, this one might have been the one that gave me the most heartburn, um, just because I it's two extremes make sense to me, and that that never makes sense. Does if that if that makes any sense? Um, I feel like this is a time when you know, looking at how I kind of feel like the season goes. Virginia won in Blacksburg, got thumped in Clemson, came back, had a nice win against NC State. I feel like. You know, this is the time where you hope that Armstrong and his receivers are, are sort of on the same page. Um, the young receivers are probably a little grown up. You, you've got a good sense of what you need from your tight ends now um, with Mish and, and, and Poljan. So I kind of, I don't know, I, 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 I tend to think UVA can get this win. Um, especially, I mean, look, if, if Newman, I mean, you know, if, that, if they're still in the same situation, maybe I, I, don't, feel, I don't feel this way. But give me UVA to win it. Um, 27 to 24. Um, I'm going to give it a 55% chance of winning. Ferb, what do you think of, uh, of the Deeks? Talking about the Deeks. Talking right. about the Deeks. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said about Wake as far as their program, how they're built. Um, they gave UVA a tough game a few years ago down there. I think it was Broncos' first year. Um, it always feels like it's a tough game. Um, you know, they're breaking a new quarterback. Like you said, their best player, one of the best players in the league, one of maybe probably the best receiver in the league, say Tourette opted out, um, which is huge. And obviously Jamie Newman transferred to Georgia and then opted out anyway. Um, so I think it's going to be a tight game. Wake is one of these boomer bust sort of teams that I had trouble with. You look at their schedule, they have to play Clemson. They have to play Notre Dame. They play UVA. They play tech. They play North Carolina. Um, it's it's gonna it could be a tough year for them record wise, but they could be better than their record. Um, I'm gonna go with UVA though, thirty one twenty four in overtime. Ooh. Overtime pick. Yeah, I really had a tough time with this one just because I don't know what Wake is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they're like you said they're competent sort of. So it's like I expect them to to make it a game. I just my question was more like what does the game look like? Is it going to be a slog that's right. like 13 to 10 or is it like a shootout? Yeah. Um, Cause Wake has done both of the last few years. So I have them 31, 24 in overtime. I'm going to give UVA a 55% chance to win. Wow. So I had 27, 24, 55%. You had 31, 24, 55%. Look at us on the same page and that, and listen, I, to be quite, to be, you know, full disclosure, if gotta I be a bad time, <laughs> Uh, if I remembered that uh, that the Surratt kid was was opting out, I probably would have um, had a little bit more um, in UVA's favor. All right, Dave, what do you think? Does does Virginia go down to the dash and come home with a win before getting on the road, or excuse, you know, getting on the the plane for Miami Gardens? Yeah, I think they do. Um, but you know, them not having Surratt was probably the only reason I felt kind of confident making that pick. I really like Wake's program. Um, Wake and BC are the two teams in the ACC that always scare me when I see them on the schedule. Um, like, do you think part of that's know, because you just you, you don't see you them don't on the schedule that often? You don't see them much. You know? 
you don't. Well, also, it's like you're not going like, to you're not going to look past like Miami or something. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's you already know that you're looking past them. You're like, damn, they're not going to be good. But I know when that game comes around, I'm going to be nervous. Pitts yeah. like that too. Yeah, Pitt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think you know Hartman's a good quarterback, and you know they've got a good scheme. And with, with when when Virginia wins, they they bring chaos defensively. They they sack you. They turn you over. That's when that's when Virginia has good games. Um, wakes a team that has is pretty good about not allowing those things. So you know, Virginia's gonna have to kind of bring their own juice, if you will. So um, you know, I, I think it's gonna be a tight game. I just without Surratt, like I, you know, I don't know that Wake can generate enough to to scare me. So I'm gonna. I'm going to pick Virginia to win it 24 to 17. I'll be right around that 55% mark as well. Um, if you know, for, you know I mean? for, for three dudes who are on a UVA podcast, we, we all like Wake Forest a lot, apparently. Um, all I right. respect what they do. Miami, <laughs> the Hurricanes, I mean, shocker. Everybody thinks they're good, that this is the year that, that they turn it around. Uh, that's just we, should a, just we should just if we actually dropped in our segment from last year about Miami and just had somebody say Derek King, would anybody <laughs> notice? Like, <laughs> well, here's the difference. Here's the difference to me. Uh, for the record, Miami, Virginia, uh, in Miami Gardens, October 24th. Um, the, for the King, second year in a row, the King Kid. Oh, that's right. The King Kid is pretty good. Like. I, and I'm not a big I'm not a big like hype machine guy when 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 it comes to um, you know to transfers on of this kind of like I I think you can expect him to be pretty good I don't know if you know people are like oh he's gonna win the Heisman or whatever um, but he's definitely good enough to 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 make me think that Miami with that talent can can be really dangerous my problem is is that like many of the same people who were in charge of Miami are still in charge and. That's not a knock necessarily on them specifically, but more just like a what Miami really needs. And, uh, you know, president of Miami, 80 in Miami, if y'all are listening. Um, what you need is like somebody who has like you need a Mendenhall. And I understand like Bronco in Miami seem like oil and water. But I'm just saying like you need somebody who understands like how to build something, who has tr- a track record of it, who understands like how not to get lost in the hype. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with excitement. There's nothing wrong with a turnover chain. You know, whatever. That's fine. That's fun. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like. It, it, the more I watch Miami over the years, the more I just feel like there's never an adult in the room. Um, there's never somebody who's like understands the big picture. Um, that being said, this is a very talented Miami roster, and the pick I'm going to make is based on that talent and not based on hype or anything like that. Um, but I just I I I think that this Virginia team is going to have a, some ups and downs, and I do feel like this is going to be a little bit of a down, um, especially you know as I've picked it now they've come off they've had two nice wins, uh, they're back on the road. Um, I, I just kind of feel like this is one maybe the king kick gets a little bit loose. Um, so give me Miami to win it, um, thirty three to twenty seven, um, but I will give UVA a. Uh, a 50% chance of winning. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think Miami's roster has a lot of talent and um, I, I don't know. This is, it just feels like to me a game where I would, I would think the UVA is going to go out and, and play better than they do. Um, and then they sort of rebound a little bit. Uh, Ferber, let's go back to you. Uh, what do you think of, of the Miami game? Yeah, that's exactly that thing. That last thing you just said is exactly what I was thinking when I was picking these. I was like, this will be the game where UVA's won two in a row, and people are like, oh, Miami, they just lost 13 nothing to Pitt. 
or something like, you know, the week before they're going to lose. And then Miami, I mean, that's exactly what happened last year. Um, and you know, it, I think you're right. I think I don't want to get sucked into the Miami thing again. Um, this is not, I, I, this is not Tate Martell transferring there. Correct. Right. Correct. This is a talented player who is productive. Yes. A guy who, so that, you know, right. Exactly. That doesn't yes. necessarily mean it's going to work, but there's a much better chance that it works than, you know, it, it, Tate Martell is a talented guy from a reality show that hadn't played. It wasn't not the same. So anyway, I, I think that he can make a difference. Um, Miami's defense had the opportunity, and they still could be very good, um, to be very scary on the edge uh, with Rousseau on one side and then Roche, the transfer, on the other. Rousseau opted out. I'm pretty sure Roche's still playing. Um, I, I think their defense will be pretty good. I'm kind of haunted by that game last year a little bit um, down there. And I have UVA losing 27-21 in a game where UVA's defense actually plays pretty well, but it just is like a sloppy, ugly kind of game. And, and Miami makes a few more plays than they do, and, and they get the win. But I don't feel really good about this pick. I feel I, I feel okay picking Miami to win this game, but I do think they're going to lose some dumb games this year, just like they always do. And I think they'll probably end up like 6-5 and five or 7-4 and four or something. But how they get there, they'll like give Clemson a scare and then lose to Georgia Tech or something. Like That'll just be what their season is. Um, I honestly think if they could, they could be in a game tomorrow against UAB. And I know that sounds dumb, and in a day it'll sound even dumber. But <laughs> I, I, if, if that game is close, then I, all bets are off with Miami. Um, I'm going to give UVA a 40% chance to win all right. that game. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you guys have hit most of it. Um, this is one of the few games where I really looked at who, you know, with Miami, a lot of what they do is momentum-based. You know, if they start having problems, then the boat sends a sink pretty quick. They've got a really tough schedule leading up to Virginia. Game. They do. They, they've got UAB, what, Louisville, Louisville Clemson, Louisville. Florida State. They have Florida State, then they have an open week, and, and then, then they get Pitt. Clemson. Pitt. They really have, like, a ga- – I mean, it, it might not look that bad to somebody that doesn't pay attention to the ACC and particularly the Coastal, but Clemson pit UVA back to back is not great. That's a lot of physical. <laughs> yeah, and plus, you're in a rivalry game. That's a lot of that's a lot of weird blitzes and run plays and stuff. And here's the thing: is like they have an open week before they play Clemson. They play at Clemson, like so they're gearing up. You know, whatever they get thumped, which I would imagine they will, and then Pitt punches them in the face. Like who knows what they'll get. You know, when yeah. Virginia comes to town. So, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, that's a good point about the schedule and sort of what they're going to be playing uh, before they get there. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of weighed into my decision. And the other thing I looked at is like, how's Virginia going to handle this week? Um, they're at Wake Forest on, you know, a Saturday. And then they got to be at Miami the following Saturday. You have to assume they can't go home. You know, that, you know it, it's going to be weird. So, does you know, Virginia's going to have a short week either way. Um, should we should so, we talk about whether or not we expect classes to all be online by then? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I mean Miami's defense. Uh, it, it's hard. To, I think Miami's offense is going to be better. But coming off what they're playing leading up to that game, they're going to be banged up. Um, and you know, they're at home. Obviously, they're going to have a little some fans there. That might be the most probably Florida State will probably have the most fans. That could be potentially the biggest crowd we're going to see. Um, I just like Justin, I can't get over, you know, last year with Miami. So I've got Miami winning this thing seventeen to thirteen in, in an ugly, ugly a defensive repeat. game. Um but <laughs> run yeah, it back game. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of that's you know, a lot of that's burnt on my brain. Um 
But yeah, I'll give I'll still give Virginia a fifty percent chance of winning that game, but I've got them losing it in my predictions. Yeah. Right. I went back and rewatched all those games this summer, and that was the one where I got like the most upset. I was <laughs> that one. That one in the Louisville game. The Louisville game was really dumb, but a lot of the, it was, like UVA caught a lot of bad breaks, yeah, like including the weather monsoon. and stuff. But the Miami game, it was like this is ridiculous. Like, what is going on? They left so many opportunities yeah, on the table. Terrible. Yeah, they did. All right. So the following week, Virginia comes home uh, for th- probably the most important three games of the season in terms of the big picture. Um, that three-game homestand is huge. So it begins on Halloween. I would imagine Halloween night, but it could be during the day. Uh, North Carolina coming into town. Super talented Carolina team. Dave, let's start with you on this one. What do you think of uh, of this showdown of the South's oldest rivalry? Carolina's offense is really, really good. Um, we, Spoiler we expect alert. Their defense, yeah, we expect their defense to be improved, but you know their defense is definitely what's going to you know to drive how good that team can be. Um, like I, if this was a normal year, I think I'd have no problem picking Virginia to win this game because look, Mac Brown's never won in Charlottesville. He's lost with some more talented teams than this one, um, and, and I I won't give him the courtesy of giving him the advantage of winning of picking him to win here until he does. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be weird. That's you know the Carol looking outside the players. That's what I've seen to be doing in this podcast. Um, what's that team like what's what's their practice week like you know Roy um Mac's not very young I'm guessing he's not around the team as much as some of the younger head coaches so what's that look like on game day where are they at this point in the season um a really talented team I expect them to put up points but um I I think Virginia can I think it's a it's a game that Virginia gets up for every year I think it's a game that Virginia matches up well again you know against them um I think it's a game Virginia's going to have one of their best offensive performances, and I'm going to pick them to win this one, 42 to 40, and an absolute barn burner. Um, but, but I give them like a 50 percent chance of winning <laughs> because like that, that Carolina team's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, Ferber, what yeah. do you uh, what are what are your thoughts on this one? Similar to Dave, and just a quick aside, UVA played a lot of fun games last year. Yeah, that um, Carolina game that, was fun. The Carolina game was really fun. The Tech game, I mean, obviously it was you know a little bit of heartburn, but it was that was a fun game. Um, Florida State early in the season that was fun. Um, I think this will be another one like that. I don't have it as high scoring as Dave, but I just have a good feeling about this game. Um, I really have a lot of respect for what North Carolina has on offense. I think you know Howell's probably. I think he's probably the second best quarterback on UVA schedule, um, and they have some good ones. Uh, Diami Brown absolutely handed UVA their ass last year. I don't know how else to say it. Like <laughs> I went back and watched that game and he torched them and he's back. And so is Daz Newsom. So I think that UVA is, it's going to come down to if UVA can stop the pass. And, and last year they didn't always do it, but they did enough at the end of the game. They got off the field. I, I have a good feeling about this one. I think UVA's offense comes out and plays well. I think they win 28, 27, and I'm going to give UVA – I'm only going to give them a 60% chance, which I know is high compared to where they would be on the computer numbers. But I just have a good feeling about it. They've, they've had a good run of luck against North Carolina of late, um, and, and I think that it continues this year. But it's going to be a tough one. North Carolina could be – I mean, coming into that game, they could have a, a really good record and be ranked pretty high if they live up to the expectations they have in the preseason. Two roads diverge in the Yellowwood, and sorry I could not travel both. Um that this is this is the game to me and i mentioned you know wake up 
this is the one to me that like I've had the toughest time really getting my, my arms around. I mentioned when I talked about Miami that like you know I could t- this felt like a game where UVA goes in two wins things are good and then it kind of hits a skid and then they you know they do something with it the next week. The question is not whether they play well uh, against Carolina. I think they will. The question to me is will they play well enough? And as I as I look at this roster that you you know Ferber just mentioned the 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 offensive talent they've got coming back, like you look at Carolina's schedule, they got to go to BC. They come back home for Tech. Then they go to Florida State. They come back home for NC State. Now, listen, I know that Florida State, NC State, not where they you know have been. BC, you know, not exactly um, where it's been either. But though, there's a lot in those four games that makes you wonder how, you know, where Carolina's you know will be when when they head to Charlottesville. Um, that being said. I wonder. This is this is one of those rare times where I was like, I, I wonder if last year will impact things because I can totally see guys at Carolina being really pissed off about that loss. Um, especially, you know, they only needed a player too late um, to win it. Um, so I I have been back and forth on this. I could totally see UVA coming out here, scoring a bunch of points. You know, we we talked about the Armstrong game, and this could be a situation one where you know Shane Simpson really shines. Um, because I feel like in order for Virginia to, to be good offensively, he's going to have to have a, a really special season. Um, my struggle, though, is I, I, I wish, this is this is probably the game on the schedule that I just wish I could have some feel for what UVA's cornerback situation is going to be. I, I expect that it's going to be Nick Grant and Darius Bratton. Um, we know that with Devontae Cross doing some cross-training, um, there is some exotic stuff that they are looking at because it's, at least it sounds to me like the Amos kid's going to start. The, how, though, is the truth? As good as, as Trevor Lawrence is, and tr- to me he is hands down the best quarterback in the league, how is ridiculously good. And so it's hard for me to pick against him when I, when the team that they're playing in, the, in this situation. Yeah, by, by Halloween, I hope we know a lot more about UVA secondary, especially the cornerbacks. I feel like they're very good at safety. I, I don't know how much I trust their cornerbacks, at least as of now, even given you know how, how much chaos I expect their linebacking core to be able to create in the backfield. So I've been back and forth on this. And I'm going to give a number now, and if you ask me again at the end of this podcast, I'd probably flip it. But I'm going to take Carolina to win it. Um, and, I'm, and I'm still going to give UVA like a, a 60% chance to win, which I know doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, give me Carolina to win 38-35. to 35. Um, I, I don't know. I I went back and forth on it, man. But most of the time, the team with the best player on the field wins, and I, I think the Howell kid's the best player on the field. All right, Louisville comes to Charlottesville the next week. The only game from the from the zombie schedule that that remained. Um, cards to, to Ferber's point earlier won a weird one, um, to say the least, in, in Louisville last year. Let's start with you, Ferber. How do you feel about uh, this annual matchup with the Cards? Uh, not as good as it felt last year when I mocked you for picking them to lose that game. Um, <laughs> and they, I was like, Louisville, really? They're going to be bad. And boy, was I wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think they're not going to burn me this time. Um, I, I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I think they'll be pretty similar to last year, but just another year in the system. Satterfield can definitely coach. Um, their culture has definitely done a 180 since the Petrino disaster. Um, I think they'll have some ups and downs through the season. I don't think they're at like an elite tier of ACC yet, 
Um, but I think that they can compete. They don't have Clemson on their schedule, which is nice. They'll have played Virginia Tech the week before. Um, I'm going to go with Louisville, and I think this will be the game where UVA plays probably their most disappointing game of the season um, in terms of just, you know, like it just didn't come together. Uh, I have Louisville 31-21 on the back of some big plays, and uh, I'm going to go 50-50. It's just a gut feeling. All right, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Louisville, as much as we feel like we own Louisville in basketball, I feel like they always have our number in football. Um, it's one of the hardest games for us, me, to pick every year. I, I've probably picked Louisville to beat Virginia more than any other team, definitely more than Virginia Tech. Um, I, I think Satterfield's a heck of a coach. You know, you know they're running with Hawkins. Is that their running back's name? Yeah, he's a beast. Um, yeah. Right? It's just a really good team, and I feel like what they do, like, creates problems with what Virginia does, you know. Being able to be, you know, multiple offensively, and you know, they're they're a little unlike some other, you know, kind of, you know, other spread option like teams, you know, and I feel like they're they're more physical at the point of impact, um, and you know that can be that can be a little overwhelming at times for historically for the for the linebackers Virginia's had, you know, in the Broncos three four. Um, and I think defensively they should be improved this year. Uh, they will have been pretty bad. At t- they they want to play Clemson, but they've played Notre Dame, I believe, right before you know a few weeks before they play us. They got Tech the week before. They'll have gone. They'll have played some good competition. Um, not a game I can felt comfortable picking Virginia to win, um, just because of history and and kind of what what Louisville does. So I've got a, I've got Louisville winning this game twenty eight to twenty. Um, and I'd give Virginia like a 40% chance to win. Um, just probably one of my lower ones. Well, except for Clemson. <laughs> so. so I feel like UVA is going to bounce back, right? So so in my my thought here is that they're going to go to Carolina and, and struggle a little bit to, to get it done late. Um, I, I feel like they bounce back. I, I Listen, I think Satterfield's a hell of a coach. And they've got some serious talent there that makes you wonder, like, how in the world things went south before Satterfield got there. Um, you know, I do think that this is a game where after the, after what I expect to happen against Carolina or what I've just picked to happen against Carolina, I feel like you, this is going to be a culture game, right? UVA is going to have to really lean on, on its identity and really get into, um, you know, that grit. And I think that's what carries the day here. Give me UVA to win at 36-28. Give me a 70% chance to win. I feel I, I don't know why, but I feel really comfortable with, uh, with that result. All right. So the next week, first game, um, or excuse me, the last game, sorry, of the, the homestand, um, what would have been their final game before their last bye. They get the Duke Blue Devils come to town. Um, they finally get all of the, the triangle teams um, at home in the same year. Um, which is fun. Um, Dave, let's start with you. How do you feel about the Blue Devils and um, and what uh, Coach Cutcliffe and the boys will bring to Scott Stadium this time? I mean, if there's a team Bronco has a number for, it, it's Duke, right? Um, like, it, it's a little weird for, for Cutcliffe, kind of the quarterback guru, to have a transfer coming in. But, you know, the one he had, you know, Chase Price is a good quarterback. Um you know, with with no spring ball and everything, you know, where is he in the offense? Where is Cutcliffe in his trust process? You know, his quarterbacks tend to develop over time. Um, but like you know, Cutcliffe does some interesting things, but it, Bronco just seems to have his numbers. So 
uh, you know, it, really hard for me to pick Virginia to lose this game, you know, given the fact that when they won two games, they handled Duke. Um, I'll pick Virginia to win this one just pretty comfortably and score some points. I remember Virginia winning it 42 to 27. And I'd give them like a 70% chance of winning this one. Lots of analysis. I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to say that part out loud. Um, I've got UVA winning at 37 to 10. Um, no disrespect to Coach Cutcliffe. I think, you know, what he does is is great. But I, you're right. Like, Bronco just has his number, and this is a show-me situation. Like, until Duke can kind of put that thing out there, uh, I'm going to keep picking UVA to win it. Um, and I'm going to take an 80% chance UVA wins it. For what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys said. I, I think until Duke comes out and beats UVA, I think I'm going to have to keep picking UVA. Because not only have has UVA won those games, like a lot of them have been pretty comfortable wins. So I, I think that there's something to that. I think if I had to guess what it is, I think part of it is Duke just doesn't have the elite athletes that a lot of the other teams do. Um, and UVA is able to kind of handle – because they run a lot of that sort of misdirection-y sort of stuff that, that Louisville does, but Louisville has guys that can hit the edge and score. Yeah, they can. And yeah, Duke does true. not. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the difference, I think. Um, UVA is able to kind of stretch them out really well with their defense and, and, and had a lot of success against them last year. So I'm going to go UVA 27-16. to 16. Um, Duke's defense will probably be pretty good. Um, so I think that they can hang a little bit, but I think UVA – comfortably wins this one i'm going to give him a 67 percent chance to win all right uh virginia then gonna open uh excuse me i said open again because i'm looking at the word open on this thing should have been open week instead it'll be abilene christian virginia they're gonna plus. open non-conference play they're gonna yeah they're gonna open non-conference play um once again late you're gonna at least have eight non-conference game late in the season uh abilene christian coming to town i, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on this the question is just how many points and whether or not Lindell Stone gets in the game, uh, I'm going to say 55-3. to three, uh, And I'm going to say, yes, he does. Um, and we don't have to give a percentage on this one. Let's, let's do if Lindell gets, gets in the game. Uh, Ferber, what you th- what's your number on this one? I think if the game gets played, Lindell does get in. Um, I think there is a chance it does not get played. Um, because of COVID or just because of – yeah, okay. pretty much. I think I think they're like some of these teams that are playing these like four or five game schedules might just fold up shop at some point if it's like not working out for them. Um, I don't think UVA scheduled it with the intention of not playing it, and it could be played. Um, I'm going to say UVA wins 52-17, and I do think Lindell Stone does get in the game. So wait, say the number again. Sorry. It, uh, 52 to 17. 52 to 17. All right, Dave, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I mean. Wouldn't it be funny if this is the game where the state of Virginia is allowed to have fans finally? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I've got Virginia winning forty-one to seventeen. I went. I figure it's a game they're going to try to keep everyone healthy. I think Ira Armstead will get some quarterback play in this. Yeah, game. I was going to say they um, might as well just throw random players in because they yeah. all nobody loses eligibility. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So wait, what was your number, Dave? Forty-one to seventeen. Forty-one to seventeen. You know, it's funny how how many years have we done this, and I continue to always. It's always the end of the end of the season. I'm like, wait, what was that? What was that? What was that number? All right. <laughs> so after playing Abilene Christian, conce- can you know conceivably, uh, Virginia will then have the weirdest after Thanksgiving um, game because instead of going to Blacksburg um, on Friday, or I guess no, this one was supposed to be this one was supposed to be on Saturday, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was supposed to be on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, the Tech game was going to be Saturday yeah. this year. So now they'll go to Tallahassee instead, uh, their final home game, excuse me, road game of the season against the Seminoles. Listen, I think Florida State has a sim- – I'm in a similar boat, boat with Florida State, except for they don't have the king kid as Miami, right? Like, new coaching staff that has clearly um, had some issues since getting on the ground there. Um I have no idea what that team is going to be mentally uh, by the time this game gets played. Like, no clue. Uh, you look at Florida State's schedule, they will have just played Clemson um, at home. Um, I'm not sh- you know, you, you really can't say that they're, like, looking past Duke the next week. But um, I don't know, man. I, 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 I have a hard time seeing UVA lose this one. Um, again, I think Florida State's pretty talented, but without – Without the without a true sort of blueprint for how you know the new staff is gonna um, is gonna re- really kind of fly this plane, uh, it's tough for me to tell tell them where they're gonna land. Um, give me UVA to win it, um, twenty eight to seventeen. Um, give me a seventy percent chance to win. I don't know why, man. I just I don't know. I look at that roster, um, some talent. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Just doesn't just doesn't strike fear in my heart. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, this is another one of the games where I start looking at culture. You know, Norvell's had a bad, you know, not not a great start there with uh, player relations and everything else. And now you're getting deep into a season. I do think their defense is going to be pretty good. I, I don't know what to expect from their offense, even though you know, Norvell's kind of known, you know, ha- has shown, you know, has some teams with some good offenses. Um, but I, I'm going to. Again, I think this could potentially be the biggest crowd Virginia f- plays against, but who's actually there if Florida State isn't that good at that point? Um, I-, I picked Virginia to win it 24-16. Uh, to 16. Um, No small feat, COVID year or not, not picking Virginia to win it tell- in Tallahassee. Like that five years ago, ten years ago, that seems weird, but I believe Virginia. That's right. Last time Virginia played two games in Florida, they won both. Um, maybe I messed it up by not picking them to beat Miami. Um, but I've got Virginia, Virginia winning at 24 to 16. I give them like a 55% chance of winning. Um, there are a lot of unknowns with Florida State, you know. Um, but, so I'm going to stick with what I do know, and that's good defense, but, you know, questionable offense at this point. All right, Ferber, what do you think? I actually like Florida State in this game a little bit more than you guys. Um, I think, obviously, it's a game UVA can win. But I, I think – I think that, you know, despite the issues that they've had off the field, and those are definitely relevant, um, and they could come come back to haunt them, you know, during the season if it doesn't go well. But I, I think they have a pretty talented team. I think that I, I, I kind of liked them last year, but it, it was pretty clear as the season went on that Willie Tagger was just kind of in over his head, and it just wasn't working out. I think Mike Norvell, he, the guy scores points. He, he knows offense. I think he can come in and make an impact on this team like Satterfield did at Louisville last year. Um, I, I don't expect them to be excellent all year long, uh, but I think that they could be competitive, and I think they'll win their share of games. Um, I think that they pull this one out. Um, I, I like Florida State 30-24. to 24. Um, Close game. I, I think they just have enough offense to make a few more plays and – and I, I do expect that they'll have some fans at this game, and I don't know how much that'll matter, but um, not the easiest place to go win anyway. But um, 
I, I like Florida State in a close game. Don't feel great about it, but um, I just think that this uh, this season is sort of a toss up from beginning to end, and and some of them are going to go well, and some of them won't. So, Florida State thirty to twenty four, and I'll go UVA forty five percent chance to win. Forty five percent. Yeah, I was going to say one thing I forgot. Like Florida State does play Clemson the week before. That's why. Yeah, why that's I, true. That's why I, that moved my needle a little bit more. I, and UVA plays nobody. Basically, I mentioned, I mentioned that for the record. I mentioned. Okay. That. All right, season regular season finale. Um, who knows what if anything happens after this game for anybody? Um, but uh, UVA on December the fifth scheduled to head to Boston College. Dave, let's start with you. What do you think of this? Uh, you know, tangle with the Eagles. Yeah, like I said before, it's one of those teams that I can never. I never know what to expect from Virginia when they play them. Um, I guess they're not dudes anymore, right? They're, what's it? Is it Haley? Is that the new coach's name? Halfley. Halfley. Yeah. I knew it was yeah, something like that. They're not dudes anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're not, no longer dudes. Um, yeah. I don't know what to expect out of Boston College. I mean, they were good, not great last year, which you could say for just about everybody on Virginia's schedule. Um, <laughs> well, Boston know, College went 7-5 and five for like a million years in a row. Yeah, until last year when they went six and seven, right? I mean, so um, Florida, Boston College being the fifth of Virginia's 10 conference games, fifth opponent that finished four and four in the ACC the year before. Um, like, you know, new coach, new system, weird offseason in a metropolis. Um, don't particularly have a tough schedule, you know, right before they play Virginia. Uh, trying to remember who they play, but my phone's locking me out. Oh, there it is. Um, I got Louisville the week before, Notre Dame two weeks before that. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's a game I feel pretty comfortable picking Virginia to win. Um, any discomfort I have is, is honestly just not being able, not knowing much about what to expect of this team. Um, you know, they, they've got talent. They, they've, over the years, have, have, you know, have proven to be a, a tough team to beat when, when they play, when Virginia plays them. So, um, but obviously a different year. I picked Virginia to win it. Uh, I've got them winning it, uh, thirty-one to seventeen, which doesn't sound like a, any concern at all. Um, I'll give Virginia a sixty percent chance of winning it. That this one, like honestly, is one of the ones I put a question mark behind. Beside, after I went through and did my original predictions, just because I I can't get a reading on what to expect from them. Interesting. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, sorry, I was muted. Um... Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about UVA in this game. Boston College is not expected to be very good this year. Transition with a new coach, new system. Um, they were kind of, I mean, even though it was effective for them, the brand of football that they've played with Adazio is sort of, uh, I don't want to say antiquated, but certainly a throwback style. And I think that they're going to try to get away from some of that stuff this year. And so I think as a result, they're going to have some growing pains. And I think that that'll cost them this year in terms of win-loss. But in the future, maybe I think they get back to consistently being decent at least. Um, but for this year, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think UVA handles this game and goes out strong to end the season 35-13. Um, I'm going to give UVA a 75% chance to win. All right, Ferber, you're going to be very happy to hear this. Um, in the in, cool. in the uh, – Hit musical Hamilton. Um, George Washington says to Alexander Hamilton, "Dying oh easy, God. young man, living is harder." You know what? Is, you know what's hard? Transition is hard, and 
everything Ferber just said stole my thunder about like, listen, what the style that they wanted to play in the past is not the style they want to play in the future. And this is not quite the same, you know, as what um, old boy is having to do in Atlanta after Paul Johnson. Um, for some reason, I can't think of his name, even though I can see him standing there in his weird pants. Um, what's his name? The coach at Georgia Tech now? What's Come on, fellas. Oh, uh, Jeff Collins. Thank They're you. not on the schedule, Brad. I blocked them out. I know, tomorrow. but it's just like, I'm just thinking like, of you know, transition, right? So like what, what Boston College wants to be going forward is not what they are right now, and it's going to take a little time. And of all the times that you want to be, you know, switching some stuff up, um, this is going to be hard for them. And so I've got UVA winning this um, 34-17, 70, 70% chance for the Cavaliers to, to take home that victory. Um I'm guessing you guys have been tracking your wins and losses. So rather than me waste my time trying to count and read my chicken scratch, Dave, what's your record for the season? Uh, eight and three. All right, Ferber, what's yours? I have six and five. All right. You're going to all have to bear with me while I count. Um, I can't remember. Which, which five did you pick them to lose, Ferber? I have them I losing I thought you were seven two. and four. I have them losing to Virginia Tech, Clemson, Miami, Louisville and Florida State. Okay. It's a Florida State I missed on my cracker. Oh, God. I have them 9 and 2. <laughs> win. Just when you a thought win they were, just, just when you thought Hold you on. were out, Let's see. Let's pull see. you back in. So I have them losing to Clemson. I have them, I have them winning in Winston Salem. I have them yeah, losing, losing to Miami. To Carolina, right? Or Miami, yeah. You had them losing to Miami, and you had them losing to Clemson and Virginia Tech. You picked a win. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. I have them. I have them winning twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Because I thought Ooh. they'd bounce back, right? Or no? Or maybe I didn't. Uh, you had them losing. No, I think you, you had them losing. Okay. Miami. All right. Good. Yeah. Then it's eight and three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm better now. All right. Eight and three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're better. You're, you got the same one I do. No, 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 no. But I can't. Well. I don't want to be the outlier. <laughs> I don't want to be the outlier. I don't want to be the one to be like, yeah, they're gonna go dead and one. Woo! Uh, I don't want to be that guy. Um, all right, so I feel like I feel less confident in these picks than I. Holy have crap! I was literally about to say. So now that we've got it done, how does this compare to past years? I would agree. Like everything about picking these games was weird. Um, the only thing that made any sense was that like Miami Carolina situation. I was like, yeah, this is totally gonna be a thing. Um, I, I think it's one of the years where like our our records might not be that that bad, but yeah. how they get there. Yeah. Oh. It was no the first Perkins year was much harder to pick uh, for me than fair, this one. Fair. Last year I felt I mean, I even said it on the show. I remember saying, like, I don't know how they're gonna be nine and three or whatever I said, but they're gonna I feel good about that sort of range. Yeah. This year I feel okay about the range, not as confident, with with more variance. Like last year, unless Perkins got hurt, I was very confident they'd make a bowl. Um and reasonably confident they'd be a contender for the coastal at a minimum right so and and i didn't think they would be much better than nine and three so this year it's like i have them at six and five but they could be eight and three they could be but i could also i mean i don't again i don't think this is going to happen but I, I i think there's a scenario where they go like four and six or four and seven or whatever like it's yeah, not that yeah. crazy yeah, i had a lot of toss-ups on yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're a team. if they can't run the ball and they have to, I also yeah, think it's going to take. What a if they can't run the ball and they can't make and they can't hit big plays and the rest, the yeah. transfers don't pan out, like yeah, then, I mean, then your season's not looking very good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. All right, I mean, we're gonna, it's going to take an eye a little while to get 
to get used to how to you know how to call plays and oh see now I don't think like, so I actually think the way he's going to call plays with this kid is the way he's wanted to call plays since he got there I no th- I agree with that's that. my but, thing yeah. about why I think he's so excited I think he's finally ready to be the coordinator that he thought he was going to be when he took the job I, I genuinely <laughs> believe that I mean that could be the case I'm just worried like I'm talking more like third and long or third and oh, five fair. yeah 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 because if you think hey, about last year guy. it took him right, a while to gonna, figure yeah, out that's true. That's true. But basically, by the end of last year, our third and long play was quarterback draw. Um, <laughs> and it worked almost every time. Let Bryce or just go. throw it to Dubois. Let, let Bryce yeah. go be Bryce or, or throw, throw it up. up there. All right. We're going to finish up. We're, we're an hour and 20 minutes or so in. And um, I, I want to finish out pretty quickly on, on this fun task of I'm going to toss out a number. <laughs> and we're going to see. Gonna if, get it right. We're going to see. You know, you, I, I'm going to trust know. that neither I one of you have a I'm roster. I'm not very confident in this game. And this listen, year. I don't want a whole lot of him and hawing. Okay, I'm going to toss out the number, and you yeah. just tell me who. Two you, seconds to answer. Yeah. You, you, all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's give you an easy one. Uh, Twenty-seven. Jalen Baker. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, if you guys want to keep score, this will be fun. Uh, Thirty-six. Gladmere Paul. <laughs> wow. Lindell Stone. Yeah. Lindell Stone, correct. Lindell right. Stone, of course, yeah. Gladmere Paul is used to wear 36. All right. Uh, let's see. Number eight. Oh, uh, Bratton. Correct. Yeah. Um, this is you That's guys are not you guys are not nearly as bad at this than I thought. Number seventeen. Rashawn Henry. Henry, right. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Number eighty. <laughs> it's not Kemp anymore. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> no. Um, sh- I know it. I know. I can see his face, and I can't think of his name. Starling? No, that's wrong. He, I no, got one wrong. It's a walk-on, right? It is. Uh, Jalen Harrison. Correct. If you're looking at a oh, roster, wow. I promise. Nice I swear to God, I'm not looking at a roster. All right. Uh, Ninety-five. Uh, is it uh, Ataria or whatever? Atariwa, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised there's no pronunciation guide. Actually, I know that was Ben Smiley's number. So, and he's back, yeah. obviously, but doesn't um, all right, let's see. Let's let's do a couple more. You guys, this is not nearly as entertaining as it should be. Twenty-five. Kevin 20. Parks. Um. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Parks. Twenty-five. Got to be a running back. Is this uh, a scholarship player? Correct. Is it Joe White? It is. It is. Okay, he wore twenty-five. Well done. Uh, Eighty-one. Lavelle Davis. Correct. And just for the Junior. record, Dante Dontavian Wicks was my guy. Uh, he's no longer number three. Playing that. He's number um, three. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we 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 had to ascertain that one night. Um, Lavelle Davis is now my guy. Cool. He and Starling, I think, are going to play a lot. So this is your this is your prognostication buried in the. Oh, Starling's the number anyone, anyone? Eighty-two. 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 You forget. I I'm need a, a guy now. Yeah, you need a guy. All right, number uh, ninety. Oh, um, we talked about Jameer Carter, the cyborg. <laughs> Not the cyborg. He's a juggernaut. You got to get it right. Uh, the only reason I remember that is because you said ninety was a really cool number. It is. Day. It is a really good number. All right, we'll do two more. We'll do two more. Um, number nineteen. Oh man, nineteen. God, I'm so old. Scholarship. I, I Scholarship can name every for sure. player who's yes. wore it until this year. Um, I know who it is. It's somebody that changed their number. Um, it is. <laughs> We should have given this a name. Offense or defense? Defense. Yeah, see, I feel it's like I'd be know. a linebacker. It's like Elliot Brown or something. Negatron. But it's not him. No, it's not. 
Jawan Briggs. Yeah. Jawan Briggs. Oh. That's right. That see, that was a really tough one. That, yeah, that could be the hardest one. So, all so right, far. thirty-one. Uh, Shane Simpson. Dang, Simpson. that was a nice yeah. pull. All right, yeah. uh, that was my guy this year. <laughs> that wouldn't actually. I think that would be pretty good. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Who else do I want to be number thirty? Uh, Amos. Yeah. Is it Amos or Amos? I don't know. I think it might be Amos. Famous Amos. I, I said uh, I watched some JMU stuff when I was doing the uh, the film room thing, and I couldn't find anything for him. But their their radio guy said it a little bit too close to the anatomy. The that kind of. <laughs> that, oh wow. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> last one. Number six. Uh, Nick Jackson. Correct. Jackson, yeah. I think Ferber won. I think. Uh, yeah, he I think won. He won. He's young. I cannot believe you didn't do Yavinsky. <laughs> it was it was the golden opportunity 46? to be. To, to do he has a number. Yeah, uh, yeah he's forty six. Yeah. For those yeah. of you that don't know, Andrew Yavinsky is <laughs> a player because he's a running back. Well, he's a running back during fan. defensive tackle. We he's up to two sixty five now, man. Like that's impressive. Oh, we just God. used to laugh because we were like, "This guy's in the running back room." Like <laughs> he's a big dude, and now he's even bigger. It's just like great. look at his picture, and you're like, "Okay." That's great. <laughs> and then the funny thing work. is, the funny thing is, last year I was doing a story where I was like breaking down some audio from PK higher, yeah. and he mentioned him. He was like, "Yeah, the running backs, we've all been really good." And he went went through the running backs like Wayne and and Lamont. And Ryavinsky, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, I hope somebody reports to him that he is he is the fan favorite of a certain podcast. Always the guy, forever. Yeah, For, Dave's gonna be very sad when Yavinsky is no longer at UVA. Um, I always think back to that white T-shirt with Yavinsky written. It's <laughs> yeah. some huge letters. I think, on it. I think that's that's, what it was. that's where it started. <laughs> oh God! Like, if you are. Guy. If you're somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you are so inclined, give us a rating and review. It helps to get us out in front of more people. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod but has not given us a look yet, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Let's see, right now, going back, um, I got some stuff on the opt-outs. Uh, Ferber had a, his penultimate film room, talking about UVA's depth and experience at safety. Um, I had a story with Nick Howell talking about safety and um, his excitement by getting to Blacksburg. I loved it. He's like, I just want to beat Virginia Tech. Um, and then um, today I had a, a thing with uh, Robert and I talking about QB1 and Thompson. Spoiler alert, I would not be surprised if Thompson is playing some running back. Just going to put that out there. Um, so, yeah, give us a look at the website. Again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show if I can talk. And I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all they do and all that they give. Uh, so for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. There's something in-